Thank you for listening to this week's message from New Day Community Church in Vandalia. We hope this message encourages and blesses you. Look us up and contact us at newdaycommunity.org. We spent two days in London uh, because we usually we fly from London to, to Tampa and uh, it was very cold in London because it was unusual warm in Bulgaria, but uh, they canceled the flight because of terroristic reasons or something like that. We, they, they don't explain to you what's going on. So we had like one more day spent in London, and uh, it took us two days to come to Kalamazoo and Vendalia from Tampa. And we are glad to be here with you guys and to experience that weather <laughs> it's not that bad though no not at all yeah absolutely <laughs> praise god oh hallelujah thank you jesus well i want to thank you for this great and awesome opportunity to share the gospel with you and to participate what god is doing with you guys and uh, just being a part and my wife is here with me She's such a supportive person. She always travels with me and she's involved in everything God is doing with our ministry. So I'm very thankful. And here we are. Wanna turn uh turn to the gospel of John chapter five and wanna read a few verses. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. It's an amazing story of a miracle, a healing miracle Jesus performed in a very unusual way. So I want to start reading from the very beginning. After these things, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches in these lay a multitude of those who were sick blind lame and withered waiting for the moving of the waters for an angel of the lord went down at certain seasons into the pool and stirred up the water whoever then first after the stirring up of the water stepped in was made well from whatever disease with which he was afflicted. A man was there who had been ill for 38 years. Consider that, man. 38 years, that's a whole life. Wow. When Jesus saw him laying there and knew that he had already been a long time in that condition, yes, indeed, he said to him, Do you wish to get well? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I'm coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, Get up, pick up your pallet and walk. Immediately the man became well and picked up his pallet and began to walk. Wow, that's so radical. Whoo, drastically. Jesus. Now, I just want to go deeper into that story. And just for a short moment, 
let us imagine the, the, the condition of this man. Now, he has been sick for 38 years, and it is such a long time that, uh, I mean, he really knew that he is not able to do anything. I mean, he, he, he tried with the pool, he, he tried some uh, medicine, he tried everything, and it didn't work. So finally, he is convinced that he is not able to walk. Because for 38 years, just imagine how long was this period, it was proven for him that he is unable to do anything like that. Now, Jesus comes... And he doesn't say, I came to heal you. I came to help you with something. You know, I, actually the guy didn't recognize that Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is the healer. Jesus is a great prophet or whatever. He, he didn't, uh, uh, he, he recognized him. He, he, he wasn't familiar with the Savior. Jesus came like an unknown person out of the blue. He stood up right in front of this man and then, uh, with just a short word, he commanded him to do something of which the man was not able to do it. Isn't that ridiculous? Just, just think. Now, now think about this. Uh, uh, most of the time when, when Jesus performed signs, wonders, and miracles, people were familiar who he is. So they, they usually they would expect that something supernatural, extraordinary would follow or would, would happen because uh, a power to heal was proceeding from him and people were seeking for that and they would draw uh, that, that, that miracle power from Jesus. There was a great expectation in them stirred up. But to think about this man. He's just sitting beside the pool and all his expectations uh, 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 put on the pool and all his expectations so that someone would come and help him to go in the pool at the, the specific right time. But Jesus comes and instead of pointing to the pool, instead of like, like pronouncing something like, I'm a great healer, I'm a miracle maker or, or whatever, he points to the man and he asks something of him which he is, it's proven that he can do this. And for me personally, would be very normal for this man when Jesus commanded him, like, okay, I'm telling you, rise up, take up your bed and walk, for the man to, to tell, are you kidding me? Are you serious? Or, or, or things like, sir, I'm sorry, I'm helpless, I can't do this, I'm too weak, I haven't walked for a whole eternity. This is too surprising for me. I'm not ready yet for that. And in this moment for, for things of such a thing like that. I will need a little time to, you know, to grasp, <laughs> to comprehend. Okay, I will try, but I'm not promising anything. <laughs> How about that? Oh, he just get, uh, who are you? <laughs> oh, man, sir, you don't understand. You don't know how big a sinner I am. Because the Bible is telling us that this sickness was a consequence of his former sinful life. 
he was involved. Amazing. Just a short command. The word of God. And for me, it's a principal thing. What Jesus did in this story has to tell us a lot. I mean, he decided to fully align his thoughts, his expectations, whatever he knew. He, he decided just whatever Jesus is telling him is the only truth at that moment. And he grabbed it. He took his chance. He took his opportunity. He rose up. He w- took his pallet. And he walked. And you know, actually, Jesus didn't pronounce like, I'm giving you a healing. I'm giving you a deliverance. He gave him a personality. He gave him an identity of someone different from what he used to be before. And he fully identified himself with what Jesus was calling him. A man who can walk, who can be different, and who can live in a new way, glorious and awesome. And like I said, it's a principal thing. Today, today we are seeking, you know, for, for signs and wonders and all kind of help from the Lord. But you know, sometimes Jesus comes and instead of giving us something to, to, to lean on, uh, like, uh, opportunities or signs or wonders or whatever, whatever, He's just releasing the word of the glorious gospel into our hearts, into our lives. And if we, if we grab that, if we believe it, if we take it, it will release the power unto salvation and will change our personality and our identity. You see, your identity is more important of anything else you, 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 you can have and you can possess. Because life, the new life God, God is ready to give you starts with you on the inside. For Him, who you are is more important than what you have and what you can and that's where your new life starts, with who you are. And God is calling you a new creation. God is calling you a new person. God is calling you son and daughter. God is calling you a redeemed one. And everything which is written in the gospel concerns you. And is ready to, to, to release God's power into your being. And to make you a new person. And in the same way like this man fully accepted without any excuses, without any objections. Fully embraced and fully identified his personality with what Jesus was declaring over him. Without even one little doubt. The same way we today, we need to embrace the gospel of Christ. I'm not talking about the four Gospels because these are the, the, the historical record of the earthly life of Jesus. Then Paul, the apostle, by the way, a former terrorist. That, that's very important to know. That all of us today, we are Christians because of the Gospel which a former terrorist converted to Christ preached. 
And God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if he was able to do it with Paul, who was breathing, you know, threat and killing and persecuting the church, if he was able just with one glimpse of his glory, boom, and Paul kissed the dust, he is able to reveal his power because he is the King of kings and Lord of lords. He is able to show his power and glory even in a greater way today in the age and the season we are living and I'm telling you, fear is not part of the kingdom of God. We are not giving up and we are not living under threat and under fear. We are living under the great power of our King of Kings. Praise God. And I'm telling you, we will see great things happening. Yeah. For a short time, Paul was like destroying the church and the, the church was almost gone, you know, like done deal. But then, boom, God appeared and said, no, no, I have different plans for my body, for those who I shed such a great price in the face of my blood. Wow, who are you, oh Lord? <laughs> they need to know the Lord, praise God. And it, it's going to happen, it's going to happen. Not with the means of military power and political decisions, but the great one who reigns forever and ever will take care of that. Praise God. And the gospel, the gospel which Paul preached is called the gospel of Christ, the good news of Christ. Everything, everything Christ has for your new life is found in the face of that gospel. And he comes today in the, in the face of the Holy Spirit. He speaks to your heart. He, he reveals, he reveals a, 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 a spirit of wisdom and revelation through the word. And he is releasing the power of that gospel into your life to making you rise up and walk and living in a victorious way. Overcoming your past, overcoming your weaknesses, overcoming your addictions, and whatever you are, you know, are, are, are just just held by, and 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 having possession over you, being unable to overcome. When the gospel comes, it breaks the chain, it breaks the habits, it breaks the old, the power of the old life, and gives you a new ability to be a different person. One thing is required. I'm telling you guys, this, 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 this thing is so simple. You don't have to read 15 volumes of rocket science of victorious life. It is so simple. You know, just one word pronounced from the mouth of Jesus. Man shall live not by bread only, but with every word which proceeds from the mouth of God. And when he speaks into your life, he is giving you power and ability. If you do only one thing, if you reckon yourself, if you consider yourself the thing and, 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 and the, the position and, and, and the identity and the personality he is releasing and giving to you in the face of his word, you will become a victorious person. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We need to learn from Mary. You know, Mary was almost a teenager. She was so young. Mary, the mother of Jesus. You, rem you know the story. You know, Christmas is coming. It's a good season it's a, to, to remind all these, you know, stories. 
And, and she was so young. She was uneducated. She wasn't involved in great uh, religious activities. She was not familiar with the great and deep things of God. And one day, that simple, uh, you know, uh, uh, girl living in the province, an angel from the Lord appeared to, to her and spoke to her heart and, and pronounced that great things coming. And you know, it was, let me tell you, <laughs> it, it's a mind-blowing just, just news that a virgin would conceive. And she was, uh, she, she was troubled because she was already engaged with Joseph. And she didn't know how, she didn't know how it's gonna work, how it's gonna happen. She didn't have any medical or scientific, you know, knowledge about her womb and how it's gonna work or all kind of things like that. She was just simple, very simple girl. And yet, it worked in a great way. And she succeeded and, and she, she had victory. In her life, over all the challenges and circumstances, how how happened? Listen to to, to the, the simple answer. When the angel declared what's going to happen, she said, "Behold, the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word." Now the problem here is that. Most of the time people go like, let it be to me according to my personal understanding, conclusion, or whatever. That's not the way it's going to work. Let, me, let, let, it, let it be uh, to me according, according to your word. You know what? This Bible, this New Testament we're reading, it concerns us. It's all about us. Why would God let these pages, you know, for us? It's not a historical record. It's the book of your life. It's the book of life, but it's not, life is not in the air. Life is right in the midst of your heart. And it's the book, if it is the book of your life, it concerns you. You open the pages and they, 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 they affect every area of your life and God is releasing through that gospel. You know, the gospel, Paul says, the gospel is power unto salvation. God's power, it's not your power. God's power into, unto salvation. When you read the gospel, God's power unto salvation becomes active and affects your life in every way. Thank you, Jesus. Without any objection to receive what Jesus is convinced about us. You know that Jesus has opinion about you. He has his personal, personal opinion about you. Which is not based on what you are, who you are, what you are capable, what you can do. It is all based on what he has done, what he has accomplished, what he has paid, and who he is and that he became for us righteousness, wisdom, sanctification, victory, whatever you name it. He became all in all. And based on that, he has an opinion about you. And when he comes, he's not looking on you 
according to your weaknesses, according to your bondage, boundaries or, or bondage or whatever. When he looks on you, he sees his image in you. Christ in us, what? The hope of glory. The hope of your glory is life, new life is found in the face of Christ. And when he looks at you, he knows, he knows that you are able to rise up, to walk and live a victorious life. Not based on your infirmity, not based on your past. 38 years of weakness. 38 years of... Some people suffer for one week and they give up. Oh, no. This guy was for 38 years. Then Jesus comes and fully ignores that past, that, that time. Like, he says something like, you know, I'm just paraphrasing. It doesn't matter how long you've been held by this sickness. By the way, a result of sin. You know, healing the man, God delivered him also from the, 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 the source of which this sickness was a result. And you see, God is able, God is able today to, to, to deal with our past, who we are, and give us a new identity. Think about Rahab. Do you remember Rahab, the Old Testament? Woman who received the, the, the spies, you know, from, from, sent from Moses to, uh, not from Moses, from Joshua to, to, to spy the land. And she received them by faith, the Bible says. And actually she's the only woman mentioned in the book of Hebrews. And she, she became, uh, involved in the, the genealogy of Jesus. And she was a harlot. That's what the Bible says about this woman. She married one of the most prominent leaders of Israel. Actually, his name is kind of a strange, you know, Salmon, you know, but uh, uh, it's not a fish, but he was, he was uh, 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 one of the, the princes of Judah, the tribe of Judah. And when she married that man, you know, she was involved in the genealogy of, of Jesus because Jesus came from the tribe of Judah. And you see, a former harlot, his, her past was fully, totally erased. And God gave her a new glorious destiny. And she was involved in something which even the, the righteous people would dream. How it happened? By faith. Fully identifying with what God is ready to, to, to give her. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Whatever the New Testament is calling you, it's your true identity. Amen? <laughs> no objections are received, no, no, no contradiction, no doubt about it. Nothing. You have to come to a place when you fully embrace and identify yourself with what the Bible tells about you. When, when God came to Abraham and God started revealing his glorious future, he, he wasn't prepared. But you know, 
at one point, because God was working with him, at one point, the Bible says in the New Testament, against hope, against all hope, he believed in hope. That whatever God is telling about him is going to work, and it's going to be his, his future, his life, his personality, and his identity. God was calling in existence something which doesn't exist. When God speaks to you, now, now think about the man. He is sitting beside the pool and, and he is looking at fully disabled, you know, his members, the members of his body are not active. They, 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 they are like death, as good as death, you know, and, and, and Jesus comes and he, he says, now you walk, you man, walk, rise up, take you your bed and and walk and and he he i mean jesus is seeing your members in a different way i mean if you identify yourself according to your own opinion of what you are able and seeing your uh, disabilities and weaknesses and all kind of things that's not the way you you should identify yourself you should turn your attention and pay attention and 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 fully embracing the way Jesus is seeing you. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. He didn't say, these things, they don't work. You're asking me of something which is impossible because, but Jesus is seeing your body, your members, your heart, your mind, your family, your nation, your city, your children, your job, your hands. Whatever you are and you are involved with and in, he is seeing it in a different way. He sees power. He sees ability. He sees something which you never supposed you are capable and able before. You know how Gideon became a great person? Not by his own understanding, his own, uh, what to say, uh, how is some just <laughs> forgot the English word self confidence okay whatever he was uh, a man of a very low esteem and then the, the angel of the lord came to him and he said you mighty man of valor you courageous and bold and powerful man go do this and that and he turns to the angel and he said why are you talking to me like that don't you know that I am the least of that and this and, uh, you know, God has forsaken us and all kind of things like that. But he became a great person. And you know how it worked? Gideon, Gideon became a great person when he no longer defined himself by his circumstances, but by God's great opinion of him. God's great opinion of him. That's your victory. That's your victorious way of living. God's great opinion of you. That's the gospel of Christ. There is no condemnation. There is no slavery. There is no fear God is putting on you. He is giving you something with which you can rise up from the former life of defeat and whatever you've been held and living in a new victorious way. Praise God. 
the enemy is not able to stop us. Once we identify ourselves with God's great opinion of us, the enemy is defeated. Hallelujah. You see, it starts with who you are, what God is calling you. You know, you think that you, it's okay just God to give you a, a, a healing, okay? Most of us uh, are seeking just for uh, uh, parts, uh, fragments, I mean. You know, but God is giving you a whole identity, a package, you see, which is, uh, you are the container of every blessing possible. Because God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. And if you identify yourself like a blessed person, you would never be defeated. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. I love that God's great opinion of me. God comes to, to Abram. And, and he, my friend, because they, they, they became friends. You know, that's what the Bible says about God and, and Abraham, that Abraham became a friend of God. And he goes like, my friend, you're going to have a great family. Wow, you're going to be a father of nations, of thousands of thousands of people. And think about the, the challenge. When God pronounced that, Abraham was already dead. In his, you know, loins. And he wasn't fruitful anymore. And he goes like, God, are you kidding me? <laughs> it's, it's over. And God says, no, I can call. I can call. I can call. A new life right in you. God started by giving him a new name. God started by giving, giving him a new identity. Do, do you understand that? He did, didn't lay his hand and say, Now I release the power of fruitfulness in this body. No. He was just saying, I'm giving you a new name. I'm giving you a new identity. I'm giving you a new personality. You are no more Abraham. You are Abraham. You know what the difference is? Abraham is uh, high Hi, Father, like, uh, but, but Abraham, wow, Father of multitudes, Father, the Father of nations. And you see, when God comes, He is not just giving you fragments of healing, of money, of job, new profession, of, of whatever you need, new vehicle, or you name it, you know, so many things to, to possess, you know, we are constantly, constantly in need of something, you know, but first of all, He starts by giving you a personality and a new identity. Then out of that, out of that, everything is supplied. When the prodigal son came back to his father, I want to give you an example. He was fully, uh, um, everything he expected was like food. Yeah, mostly. He was broke, totally devastated with, with his ridiculous life, you know, of gambling and with the harlots and whatever it was. So finally he's with the pigs and <laughs> he's, he's, uh, starving to death. 
And then he, he, he came to his senses and he goes like, in my father's house, even the servants have bread more than enough. I would go back and present myself like a servant. He, he had a plan. Okay? And he said, I will tell to my father, you know, I'm not worthy. I will, you know, ask for forgiveness. And then I will ask him to make me like one of his servants. Then I will work and pay for my blessing for my food by, by working. And he will supply my life and I will be okay. You see, for his son was enough to have just bread and a meal. An opportunity. Material blessing, whatever. And he comes back to his father. Yes, he was hungry, right? Yes, he was empty. He was starving. He had so many needs. But the father didn't start with that. The father started with his identity and his personality. First thing first, he restored his former identity. Man fell in the garden, okay, and came short from the glory of God and, and was cut off from the glorious presence in that glorious fellowship. Now, when Jesus came, he is not just restoring our health. He is not just restoring our finances or whatever material things we need to live a normal life. We have not become, you know, Christians only for that. We became sons and daughters. Jesus restored our position, our identity, and, and even greater of what the first Adam had, you know. And he brought us back to the glorious presence of God. And that's where our story and new life starts first. So the son comes and the father, the first thing he says to his servant, now bring the best robe and put it on him. And they took the, the, the parade, the, the parade uniform of the father. It wasn't just a, a very nice, you know, uh, and clean robe or whatever. It was, uh, one of those the judges put on themselves when they performed their duties. And, and, and it was, uh, for special occasions when, when the father would clothe himself in his dignity and his position, you know, with uh, the elders taking decisions or important issues or whatever matters, you know. And, and he took that robe and put it on the son. And immediately his uh, st uh, statute was changed. He became different, not, not just fed, not just supplied. He became a new person. Because now he's clothed with the dignity. And with the position of the father put on him. And he said, put sandals on his shoes. You know, the difference in those times. Slaves would go barefoot. They would never wear shoes. And, and he immediately changed his position from slave to son. From servant to, to a son. And then he said, I want him, I want him to be involved in the, the business of the family. I want him to, to be a partaker. Put a, put, put a, a ring. Put the, 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 the signet, uh, uh, you know, a ring on, on, on his finger. And they brought, they brought something which, uh, immediately authorized him 
to make business from the name of the father, from the name of the family, you know, to be responsible, to be involved. Authority was put on him. Power and positions and privileges were given to him. Then the father said, now we will sit on the table and we will feast, we will celebrate, go kill the fattened calf and we will marry because this my son was lost but now he is found. And you see how his story, his restoration actually started. And that's your story. First of all, you have become a new person. Your identity has been changed. changed. Your personality. God is giving you privileges. God is giving you authority. God is giving you uh, uh, a legal position and power to do business in the kingdom of God. Thank you, Jesus. You have more. You have something more than just food. And just material blessings. You need to identify yourself to rise up and walk in that new identity, you know, and, 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 and rule with Christ Jesus in life, like the, the book of Romans says. Hallelujah. If you identify yourself like a blessed person, you know, blessing is greater than the curse. You need to understand that. That there is no curse in the world which has greater power than the blessing of God. There was a man once on Israel on the way to the promised land. Stopped to a place in a valley. And the king was afraid that these people would go and just uh, uh, sweep away his nation. And he, he went. That was King Balak. He went and found a prophet, the, 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 the Balaam, uh, son of Beor. And, and he found that guy because he was a sorcerer. He, wa- he had the power, uh, you know, to, to curse and, and to bless and uh, uh, to, to, to change people's life. And he paid him a great amount of money and a lot of promises that he's going to reward him if he curses uh, Israel and, and bring curse upon them. So he took him on a, on a mountain hill, you know, from the place where he was able to see the nation of Israel down in the valley. But then Balaam said, how can I curse those whom God has blessed? It's not possible. It doesn't work. Now listen, you are already blessed in Christ Jesus. Do you remember that the Bible says that Jesus became a curse on the cross that... He might redeem us from the curse of the law and receive the blessing of Abraham. That's why in the Old Testament, if you remember, Moses didn't lift on the pole a lamb, an, an image of a lamb, but it was a serpent made of what? Of bronze, brass. And brass in the Bible speaks about judgment. And the judgment of God came upon Jesus And actually it was your judgment and my judgment. But he took it away from you and put it all on Jesus. That's why all the utensils and the altar and and, and the the living, uh, the tabernacle in the outer court were made of brass. Yeah, speaks about judgment. Jesus was put outside of the city to bear our curse. He became a serpent. On the cross for us. What an image. What an image. Everything ugly. Everything nasty. 
involved with your life, with your personality, was taken from you and put on Jesus. He was the perfect Lamb of God in whom there was no sin. Why he would suffer? What? Why he would become a curse? He didn't deserve it. It was your damnation taken from you and put on him. So you might live free from curse today and you've been blessed with every blessing possible. Do you believe it? And do you, do you believe that there is no curse of sin or whatever, you know, in this world which can have greater power over your blessing? Once you identify yourself with this simple formula, so to say, boom, you go for it and you win. Remember when Isaac uh, blessed Esau and Jacob? It's a great story how uh, uh, Jacob took the blessing of his brother. But the point is this. When, when Esau came later offering the, uh, the game, you know, and the, the meal to his father, ready to receive the blessing, and Isaac just bewildered of everything took place. And he goes like, but your brother came and deceived and, 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 and took your blessing. And he said, do you have only one blessing? And he said, I gave him everything. I bless him with everything possible. There is, there is no blessing left for, for, Is, for Esau. Do you, do you remember that story? You know, he didn't say, oh, I will bless you too also. He said, I, I, I gave him, I gave it everything to him. You know, whatever was required for life and godliness, I gave it. There is no blessing left for you. And you see, it means something for us. That when God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places, it means that there is no blessing left, even one. You're fully blessed. And from that fullness, you can live a victorious life. The love of God, the blessing of God, the support of God. God is on your side. God is with you. You can rise up today. From the dust and walk in a victorious life only because of what Jesus is telling you, is pronouncing and declaring over you. You can take that truth, you can identify with it and rise up and walk and leave your place. <laughs> Praise God. Why, why would Jesus say, he could say, uh, uh, rise up and walk. And then the man would walk around. And then would go back taking his, his bed. But Jesus didn't want him to hang out and to continue in that place. He wants him to leave that place forever and ever. And that's, that's what God is doing with you. When God gives you a victory, he's taking you out of your former realm of whatever you've been, you know, involved. And he's giving you a new glorious destination. Thank you, Jesus. Let us stand up. This morning, and let us ask, let us ask from the Lord victory over our weaknesses, challenges, barriers, impossibilities, whatever. Father, we are here today fully convinced that we can overcome by the glorious gospel of Christ, which Paul preached and wrote for us in the New Testament. Everything 
Everything required for life and godliness is promised. And your promises, even so great and so many, the Bible says all of them are yes and amen. We receive them this morning with this simple, simple trust that they are yes and amen. Operative, active and working in our lives for good. We bless your name, Father, in the name of Jesus. And we receive power to overcome. We are not identified anymore by our weaknesses, by our past. But whatever infirmities or or, or challenges, helplessness, our new identification is found in you. Whatever is found in Jesus is mine. Jesus' victory is mine, is applied in my life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Give me strength and give me power. Strengthen, strengthen my faith in the, in, in the inner man. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Yes, Father, I'm ready to rise up to follow your commands, your prescriptions, your, whatever you're declaring over me, just like Gideon. Yes, God's great opinion of me is the substance of my new life. I receive it, Lord. I receive it. And I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it like Abraham. Abraham was able to overcome. I am a child of Abraham, child by faith. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for everything you are giving me. Fullness. Christ is my fullness. I don't lack anything. Christ is my shepherd. I don't lack. I have everything in your face. If I lack something, Christ is my fullness. Christ is my support, my victory, my strength. Praise God and amen and amen.